950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show for your Monday. Welcome to the show, Michael Schumacher. Too much sea for their deck shipwrecks of Minnesota's North Shore and Isle Royal. Michael Schumacher has written five previous books on Great Lakes shipwrecks. Uh, Mighty Fitz, November's Fury, Torn in Two, The Trial of Edmund Fitzgerald, all from Minnesota University of Minnesota Press, and Wreck of the Carl D. He has written narratives on 25 documentaries on Great Lakes shipwrecks and lighthouses. He lives in Wisconsin, and he's kind enough to join us today. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm fine. How about yourself? I'm doing well. First of all, I, I always just enjoy talking to people who find their niche in life, dude. You, the, clearly, your interest in this has got to be just a, the fact that this is your career, that you have built a, a, a reputation about this and a, and a, and a career around this. It, it's, it clearly is something that you love as far as history and, and following shipwrecks on the Great Lakes. When I was a little boy growing up in Milwaukee, I used to beg my father to take me to Lake Michigan. He remembered that to his dying day, how I always wanted to go to the lake. And there's been something about not just that body of water, but all bodies of water of the, of the Great Lakes that I found almost mystifying over the years. So doing these books has is, is really been kind of, a treat in that respect. It, it isn't a treat to write about horrible shipwrecks, but um, the lakes are a, a very special place to me. Mm-hmm. What was your first shipwreck you actually saw in person? Actually saw in person, or just, or, 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 or you learned about? You had a, okay. a connection, a connection with. That's a that's a good question. I, I, I I'm not sure I can answer it. <laughs> uh, there were certain ones that were really well known, like where I live now, which is in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is right on the border of Illinois. A, a very well known uh, wreck, the uh, SS Wisconsin, went down, and it's still down there, and it's it's fairly shallow, and people have visited it. It's really funny. I dove when I was younger, but I haven't been down to any shipwrecks. Um, you know, personally. Mm-hmm. Now, there was also the Ralph Simmons, and that was a very big name in this town, uh, Simmons. They had the mattress company. That was his brother, I believe. And um, that was the Christmas tree ship. And, you know, I knew about those ships just because, or boats, I should call them boats, I should be correct. They're ships if they're on the ocean, they're boats if they're in the Great Lakes. But, um, you know, it was one of those things that I had heard a lot about. And, in fact, one of my prized possessions now, which probably tells you what a boat nerd I am, Mm -hmm. is I have, they gave me, after working on a documentary, they gave me a little piece of one of the Christmas trees that were on board that boat when it sank. Wow. And, yeah, it really meant something to me, you know. They had brought up a couple of, of trees and and had them restored or whatever. And restored isn't the word. Uh, they, they, they lacquered them or whatever so they wouldn't go bad. And they gave me a piece. That means, and I've got a, a few uh, taconite pellets from the Edmund Fitzgerald. Wow. And, you know, that means something to me. You know, it, it's just these little things that uh, probably wouldn't 
move most people, but they do me. Well, and and you're you're touching history. I mean, it, it's it's like when you, you know, and I'll put it in a comparison of another element, like going to visit like the Civil War battlefields, and you're there, yeah. and you're at like at Gettysburg and a little round top. You know, it's one thing yeah. to read about it; it's another thing to be there and say, "Oh, they came through here," and you're walking in the yeah. same spot they were at. Here, you're holding, you know, whether it's a, a piece of a Christmas tree or taconite pellets from the Edmund Fitzgerald. This is, I mean, it's it, this is the history itself. I am holding yeah. it in my hand. I, I know exactly what you meant because one time I was out east and I was driving near the Gettysburg battlefield, and I just I just had to see it. Yeah, and you know it, it's you know you know the history, but it doesn't look at all like that, of course. But it's still hallowed ground. Yeah, and I really feel that about the the Great Lakes. These are hallowed waters. There are a lot of shipwrecks between the five lakes. And, uh, so it's, 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 I'm working on another one, incidentally, right now about, uh, shipwrecks of Lake Michigan. And so, you know, and, and that was funny because that just came to me. Uh, I was talking to my editor, uh, about this book, this one you're talking about, uh, Too Much Sea for, for Their Decks. And um, he said, you've never written about, you know, Lake Michigan. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, no, that's not true. Because the wreck of the Carl D, that happened. The Carl Bradley sank up by Beaver Island in the northern Lake Michigan. And so I did. But he said, no, but you've never done what we call a roundup, where you do a whole bunch of, of boats. And I said, no. He said, well, what do you think? So we started discussing it, and that's how it happened. Yeah. But that's how these things go, you know. It's really weird in the respect that you don't plan on it. It it kind of presents itself. There's an old saying that some of these sailors have about a, a, a boat that's been missing, you know, that that's, hasn't been located, a wreck. Let you know when it's time. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I find that kind of interesting. Uh, but they really, uh, sailors are a pretty superstitious lot anyway. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, there is some sort of truth to that, though, where these boats are being discovered all these years later. Now, obviously, they couldn't be uh, discovered back in the day before the aqua long. You know, these, some of these boats that I've written about went down in the 1800s. You know, so, you know, that helped. But there, I was just talking to a shipwreck hunter the other day, and, and these people really, really are into it. And they're looking for the Steinbrenner, which I wrote about in this book. And the Steinbrenner has been missing since 1953. And the, the captain survived the wreck. He told them where it was. Well, it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And so... People find themselves looking for these wrecks because it is, like you said, it's a big part of our history. You know, these giant boats that are down there. And uh, I just find the stories interesting. 
Uh, the Steinbrenner, by the way, is one of the boats you feature on the Minnesota side. And by the way, my uh, cousin is a, a sailor on one of the Merchant Marines out in the, the lakes there. Yeah, they are. They are wow. an interesting crew. <laughs> I'll say that very much. Well, you know, it, it takes. I, I don't know how I would. It's a calling. About what work was all about because I worked on. Oh, your phone's kind of cutting out there a little bit there. Uh, Mike, oh, oh, you, really? oh yeah, yeah, your phone cut out there a little bit. Sorry about that, Michael. Oh, you, were, you were saying about oh. you were talking about the people that are the sailors there. Yeah, yeah I, I worked on one of those boats, you know, or on these boats, and you know, unloading them and loading them, and I learned what work was all about at a very ripe young age. Because mm-hmm. boy, I'll tell you what, those guys earn their money. Yeah, they do. And you know, it, it, and that's one of the things that I find very appealing about writing these books is that you're talking about your basic blue collar working step a person that works hard and goes out on the lakes sometimes doesn't see land or goes a whole day or so without seeing land and they're just working and, and all of a sudden they're up against some force that's bigger than they are that they're not prepared for and i find that very very interesting your book is broken down into three different parts. Uh, you, you, you right. focus on this. You've, the, it's all Lake Superior. It's the, the wrecks on the Minnesota side, the wrecks around Isle Royal, which has always been kind of a uh, – that's a tough way to go. And then the, the killer yeah. storms. Um, you know, the, the focus on these – I mean, it's interesting. There is a different – from my experience, and, and I've not done a lot of reading, even by far, uh, by far an authority on this, but it feels like the boats up on, on Superior, which more more industrial – uh, you know, in Michigan, you got yeah. boats that were, you know, there was population. There's population centers here mm-hmm. and and stuff like this. And even though the Superior has Duluth, Sault Ste. Marie, Thunder Bay on it, right. uh, there, there's, it still is, it's it's much more of a, work. you know, th- those were working, hard working boats on that lake yes. that got taken down. You know, what drew you on this book, once again, the book Too Much Sea for Their Decks, uh, you know, what drew you to those two areas specifically? You know, what really struck me, two things. First of all, have you ever been to the Isle Royal? Uh, no, I want to get up there for sure. It's really an amazing place. And so I knew from my, my own past working on these documentaries what was up there. And there were some extremely interesting wrecks up there right around the island. Uh, because the water, the, 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 it, it, it goes from very deep to very shallow because of the lake bottom is very uneven. And so these boats would would ground on, you know, some of this. And, and then the other thing that I really found attractive about this book was Duluth. Duluth, people don't realize that at one point, Duluth was second only to New York for the number of, you know, boats that it took in. It was extremely busy. And, and you know, a lot of hard work went into creating that harbor and then further up north the split rock lighthouse which i write about in the book about how that got made and that wasn't easy to do uh so these stories that's what always gets me the stories who are the people that were dealing with this how do i find out about how some of these things actually worked and mm-hmm. and that's what i'm doing now you know i'm, I'm finding myself getting a ton of old news clippings, and, and I even had telegrams. Uh, everything you could possibly imagine is somewhere. You just have to find it. Mm-hmm. And then, 
you start piecing together the stories. And, and there are so many stories in this book uh, that I always figured, maybe this is, I, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I always thought if it interests me, it's going to interest other people. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, it, it, it's a fascinating topic because th- this is, I mean, you said it, these are huge vessels and you ship. And as much as I, I, I talked about earlier with my producer, Brett, I, I, there's a photo from about six years ago of a cliff mm-hmm. on the North shore side of Minnesota on Lake Superior. Mm-hmm. The cliff is 120 feet fall, tall and the waves are yeah. crashing into it about 20 feet below <laughs> the top of it. And you're like, this it's is unreal. insanity. And we think to ourselves, we make these big boats and we this and we can harness power and we can harness these things. And we are, nature always wins. And these boats it don't always have a, will win. And it, and it doesn't have a chance out there because these lakes are as beautiful as they are. There is, it's as deadly as any water body on the planet. Yes. Yeah. And it's really funny because, uh, well, two things. First of all, what you said is very true. Uh, when I've talked to, and I've talked to many captains of different boats and that have sailed both freshwater and saltwater. And they said the ocean, you get those big swells. The lakes, you get to chop and they just beat you half to death. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, it, it's, one of those weird things that uh, when you think of how many boats have gone over uh, the, the the water over the years, going back to the old birch bark days, uh, you know, birch bark canoes, when uh, the natives um, traded along the shoreline and how that developed into what it did. I find this history interesting, mm-hmm. and I find the people that were you know, involved, interesting, but I'm also put off by some of the, it is like arrogance. Like when I talk to these captains of these big thousand footers, they, without a, without a single difference, uh, they all told me, well, my ship won't sink. You know, we've got this, we've got this, we got, and, and it's all true. They do. They've got GPS. They've got radar. They've got everything you can possibly imagine. But if you're out on that lake, you're in trouble. Oh yeah, um, I, I, you got to. I, I could run through some of the wrecks here. I want people to get the book. Go read this. The wrecks, the stories you get here are fantastic. One thing on part three of your book, where you just talk about the killer storms. Just I'll, we'll we'll finish with this. What was in your mind the most dangerous storm that ever hit Lake Superior? And it hit Lake Superior. Yeah. Uh, You you talk about three storms in that section. 1905, I would say the 1905 storm. The 1913 storm, it was literally a hurricane on the lakes, Mm -hmm. but it hit Huron uh, harder. And uh, it did hit some of Superior, but it wasn't as bad. 1905 was the storm that just took out, you know, all these boats, and it destroyed the Matafa. You know, which was uh, a very famous and well-known for its durability boat. It just broke it apart. Uh, And and that storm, that particular one, and that was what the storm that was responsible for the creation of the Split Rock Lighthouse. Yeah. And speaking of going up a cliff, (laughs) they had to haul all that stuff up the cliff by crane. 
There we, were no roads leading to where they put up the lighthouse. Yeah, 61, so Highway 61 is a new addition up there. That was, if you ever go to Split yeah. Rock Lighthouse, the building of that is is a magnificent feat and just in its own. And it is a magnificent. I was I was honored to give the keynote address uh, at the opening of the Split Rock Lighthouse one spring. And I, I went up to the lighthouse, and I looked out over the water, and it's just breathtaking. You know, the oh, yeah. view you have from there, because it's way up on a cliff, and uh, it's it's just magnificent. Uh, but maybe that's just me. Maybe other people wouldn't feel that way. I, no, I it, have it's... a feeling more people would than... I suspect. No, it is magnificent. I took the kids up there. We had the the luxury. My son was able to to, to honk the, the the foghorn up there one year, so it was it was a lot of oh, fun. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Is it as as photogenic places go? Split Rock Lighthouse is one of probably the top twenty on the planet. I think it is just spectacular. I think you're right. It is yes. just beautiful. Um, I've two, been in a number of them, but that's by far the finest one I've ever been in. Too much sea for their decks. Shipwrecks of Minnesota's North Shore and Isle Royal. Michael Schumacher, you and I could talk. I'll tell you what. I'm going to have you back for the holidays because I do a holiday interview, Please which are a little bit longer. I'm happy to do it. This Anytime is, you want. This you is a fantastic book. Let me know. What's your time? Will you have the Michigan book out then? By the Lake Michigan book by then? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no. I'm... Uh... Actually, I'm taking my time on this one. I'm I'm very old, you know, okay. <laughs> uh, and so I'm not. I used to write books where I tried to do three typed pages a day. That was what I insisted on. But now I, I'm I'm happy to get a page and a half. Happy to get half of that. But I'm also doing really, really on this book coming up some of the most in-depth research and the, the the one that you're we're talking about today yeah i did a lot i was very lucky to have somebody at the U- university of wisconsin superior uh, archivist had tons of material for me and just kept sending me more and more material and you know it's one of those those funny things i keep saying you can never have too much material well of course you can you can't put everything in the book or in a story or whatever uh, but I always like to be able to pick and choose, and this person was so wonderful about that. Uh, so I, that's that's what I'm doing. Well, and you can tell the quality of this book. This is a great read. If you have someone who's from Minnesota, uh, just loves the Great Lakes, loves shipwrecks, this is the book. This is a great book to get. It's a fantastic read and a real easy one, and incredibly well written and researched. Michael Schumacher, Thank too you. much, too much uh, sea for their decks. Michael Schumacher, Michael, I'm definitely having you back on the holidays. Thank you very Me much. Too. I appreciate Me the too. time It'll be today. Fun. Alrighty. Yep. We'll you t- take care now. You too. You take care. We'll take a break. Come on back. Wrap up the show for your Monday. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.